You're now listening to Jumping Podcast, where we talk about all things freelancing. Here you'll find all the tools you need to get started as a freelancer with no upfront experience. I am your host, Doina. I've been a digital nomad since 2014, and I'm super excited to share with you all the tips and tricks I learned along the way. Welcome back to Jumping Podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having Alejandra as my guest. She's a freelance graphic designer under the name of June 10th Creative Services in Netherlands, and I am so curious what June 10th stands for. She's also the host of Inspiring Leader Podcast and content creation consultant for Global School for Social Leaders. She She is not your usual social entrepreneur. She aims to collaborate with social impact leaders, conscious brands, educators, and businesses. And here's a fun fact about her. She hasn't driven a car in almost 10 years. And this reminds me that I started to drive and I'm absolute public danger. <laughs> so that's great. She speaks four languages, learning Dutch at the moment. She lived in four countries, if I'm not mistaken. And she started to freelance back in 2018, even if this was not the ideal situation or her dream job at the moment. And today she will tell us why. Should you trust the process, the journey, or is freelancing about a competition? There's so many things I want to unpack, but I'll let you start with your career trajectory. And how did you get to freelancing and how did June 10 Creative Services was born? Uh, hi, Doina. Thank you for having me here. It's a complete pleasure to be talking to you and thank you for the lovely intro. So my career trajectory, graphic design. So first of all, graphic design was not what I wanted to study. It was not at all. I was born in Latin America. I was born in Ecuador. And in Latin America, studying graphic design means that I would either be working in a very big agency or doing magazines or in a small printing shop making wedding invitations. So I didn't see really a future there. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna go for engineering, which is also something that I really like. Eventually, we moved to Mexico. Engineering became my path. And then eventually we moved to Germany because of my father's job. And in Germany, they don't recognize your high school degree from other countries. You have to go back into high school again. So it's just one year. It's fine. It's just one year. And I failed miserably at that. Like I had four subjects. I just passed one and the other three were a complete failure. And one thing led to the other. My sister one day, I was very sad. And my sister told me, hey, I want to move to this new apartment that I found. I cannot afford the rent on my own. Do you want to move in with me? And I'm like, sure. Just happened to be across the street from a graphic design school. And I thought, okay, I need something to do. I've always been been curious about this. I thought I would stay for a year only. I stayed for the full program and I graduated. What a path! <laughs> exactly. It was a, a, like a very winding path. And eventually I was on Tinder one day. I was close to graduation. I was on Tinder one day and I met this guy and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my master's in the Hamburg University and I'm also working part-time at this company that does uh, cystic. And me doing my due diligence online, checking like, okay, who is person? Do they actually exist? Does this company actually function? I saw, oh, they do infographic. I love making infographics. Oh God, they're hiring. They want somebody who speaks Spanish as well. So I, I applied for the job and I got it. And that was my first full-time job as a graphic designer. And I was there for two years. Great job. I really loved it. But I was still, like something was unfulfilled in me. I didn't know exactly what it, what it was, but I looked up. There was no way for me to go up in that company. There was no way for me to go sideways either. And I thought this is a great job. 
job for somebody who has kids. So it's a great job. I start at 8.30, I leave at, I would leave at five, and then I would have no concerns for the rest of the day. But I wasn't in a place in which I wanted to settle or I just felt that I needed to do more. But I started job hunting, just looking for other full-time jobs in Hamburg and didn't feel competitive. I felt like my, I needed to learn more. I feel like I needed a different type of education than the one that I had had before. And around that time I had gotten my German passport. So I thought, okay, how about I go back to school and get my BA? Because the thing that I got before was a technical degree. So I wanted my bachelor's degree. I found the Wilhelm de Koenig, which is the university that when I got my BA. And yeah, I thought, okay, am I gonna do this? Am I gonna go back to school for for four years, but I can, don't want to stop my career. And I thought, oh no, I need to start freelancing. I decided to start freelancing. I made, when I moved to Rotterdam, which is where I live now, I met this woman from Greece who had her own little agency and she wanted me to make logos for her. So without knowing anything about freelancing, anything about taxes, I went to the Chamber of Commerce and I started my company and mistakes were made. Wow, that's such a trajectory. Going from a corporate world to freelance, did you have a plan? before leaving the corporate world or you just said I'm done and this is my time that I spent here or did you started to freelance while you were in your full-time job and started to add more work bit by bit? I thought about freelancing while I was doing my full-time job like I started my Upwork account when I was in my, in my full-time job but never did anything with it. I'm a person that needs to push. I love being pushed and I love having a lot of things to do but it's also very easy for me to get comfortable and I was very comfortable at my job and and it felt like I had mastered it. Clearly haven't. I couldn't have it because I still make mistakes sometimes because that company actually hired me when I was a freelancer. Like now I'm still working with them. I just work with them as a freelance. There was still a lot for me to learn and I still love working there. It was just that I wanted to have more diversity. I wanted to work with them and also have access to other people, which is what I do now. What I love about freelancing that every day is different. But I didn't have a plan. So in, in all these, these Facebook groups of freelancers and everybody says, how much money do you need to save before you go into freelancing? Like a year's worth of full time salary for yourself and I was like that would have been a good thing to know before I went into it that would have been amazing <laughs> oh, so true <laughs> yeah but luckily uh, my parents lived in the same in uh, in Netherlands as well so I could live for a year rent free until my business stabilized so I was very happy about that it was a year of sharing a room with my teenage sister but it was worth it so free rent what did your parents say about you going to freelancing because a lot of parents think freelancing is not your job it's a side hustle well they saw it as a side hustle they understood that i wanted to go to university they were all like latin american parents of course they want you to go to university they want you to have an education they thought it would be a good choice and if i wanted to freelance that was great i have very nice parents who do very well for themselves so they thought if you need uh, financial support we have to provide it and i said no i want to like support myself so i started freelancing in the first few months i made close to nothing tell me how june takes time does it stand for something important to you yeah so when when i went to the chamber of commerce to first get some information which was next to nothing because I arrived in the Netherlands in July and I officially signed up my business in September. And they said, I need a name, I need a name. What am I gonna name it? And I am terrible at promoting myself. Thought I cannot put my name on this. Like how dare I have my name plastered everywhere? No, I can't, I can't. So I wanted something that was personal. <laughs> 
but also impersonal. And June 10th is my birthday, so I figured, okay, I will, I'll just like, and I figured Super creative. if one day I want to expand like an, a one-person company, but if one day if I want to bring somebody else in or I want to change it to a multiple-person company, I don't want it to have my name. I want it to be like something that somebody else can relate to. Maybe I'll find somebody else. Maybe I'll make that in my hiring policy. Your, your birthday needs to be on June 10th, so it feels personal too. Maybe, who knows? I love that. Like thinking of a feeling of belonging to future people who you might add to the team. Yeah. Always, how am I gonna go next from here? What's the plan? Even though clearly there was no plan because I started the company with no savings. So, what's the most uh, common misconception people have about graphic design? Because for us who do not have too much knowledge about it, it's so broad. However, when you talk to a graphic designer, they are very organized on what graphic design means for them. I think the most common misconception about graphic that we are all super creative. No, I mean, we're, we are creative people. We are a people who is creative. I think the most common misconception is that it's easy. So it always comes naturally, that things just come to you in a, in a dream or in a vision and that you can just sit down and sketch. I am a person that is not good at sketching. Everybody thinks that graphic designers are good at drawing. That's not true. Some of us aren't. I like sketching, but I am very bad at it. So I like urban sketching, for example. So getting back to freelance, many times we think that our freelance careers need to look exactly like somebody else's career but it can because we're all different we're all different people and we all have different set of experiences behind us so it can't look like anybody else's you can emulate it and you can take lessons from other people but in the end it should look like your own version of that path so true because there are so many people doing the same thing you do and what makes you different in the eyes of your clients so many graphic designers there are so many recruiters who are doing things so a client should choose you for being you and also there has to be that chemistry there is this thing like I particularly don't think that I am the best graphic designer I think there are so many people who are better at graphic design than I am but there is a thing that I bring that other people cannot bring and that will resonate with some people and it would not resonate with others but what I can promise them is that I will do my very very best that I will offer them a better connection than other people can offer them in the sense that I will go into like calls with them that I will advise them on the business side of things that if they have a product that will happily help them put together a focus group that I will bring a business insight into it that I will bring a sustainable aspect to the, the, the designs I'm making for them. I think it's a journey inward when you're starting a, a freelance career. First, get to know yourself and identify the things that make you unique and then think about how you can bring your uniqueness, your own path to your client. And that can also tell you what clients you want to serve. The reason that I decided to work especially with social entrepreneurs is because I realized that when I was working in corporate, that need that I had was to do something that benefited someone other than myself. In my corporate job, I was making infographics and those were benefiting some people, but they weren't benefiting a large group of people that made me feel satisfied. When I'm working with a social entrepreneur, I know that they're going to have a more powerful effect that I could ever have as an individual. How can I help this person bring their journey forward? How can I help, help them have this bigger ripple effect and actually change somebody's life maybe? I love that you say that because a lot of people, when they're starting in freelancing, they're thinking, how can I make more money? And you are thinking on the other side of things, how can I bring more impact? If you start with the opposite, with the purpose, then the money will come as well. As you were talking about clients, what avenues did you take to find your first customers and how easy was to price your service when you started? What methods were working? What was not working? Oh, it was a nightmare. I, uh, <laughs> I hate sales. Like sales are so hard for me. Oh, it's so tough. Well, my first client, I met them through Upwork. I signed up for a personal 
personally, it works for me. I made it to a point in Upwork that I have repeat customers. So the fees became smaller and yeah, if anything happens, if a client were to disappear, Upwork will pay me. So it gave me a security. So I'm happy to pay those fees. Also, it was a nightmare. It was one of the most complicated clients I've ever had. I was this close to quitting. And then I got a message from another client saying like, hey, uh, we would like to translate some, it's a transcription job. So you listen to our recording and you have to transcribe it. The recording is in German, you have to transcribe it to English. And I thought, okay, that is not my field of expertise. What are you looking for? And it's like, oh, we're looking for somebody who's fluent in German and fluent in English. I thought, okay, I'll try it. How much does it pay? And they're like, this is our standard fee. I Googled it and I thought, okay, that's a standard fee for everybody. And I've been working with that client for three years now. And it just happened at random because I had this particular set of skills. And then that client recommended me to another client. Then I got another graphic design client also through Upwork. And that's also a regular client. I got to work with this other one that is a company that organizes their session, online therapy sessions, just doing good work and hoping that that good work would keep them hooked on me. I think that's the magic of working with good clients because they will refer you to the same type of clients. Exactly. Like, because usually people have around them like good type of people if they are good people. The same with clients in freelancing. You have to be very picky who you are working with because they will refer you to the same type of people as they are. First one that almost made me quit had referred me to somebody else who would have been like same kind of people. You know what happened with that client? So she wanted this logo and I didn't know how to price myself. So I budgeted a hundred dollars for it and gave her for some stupid reason unlimited reviews. I was such a newbie and I didn't know what to do and I just wanted to make her happy. I just wanted to get that first kind of upwork. I just wanted to start. So I said yes to everything like a newbie. Did the coldest. But yeah, I think I worked for a month with that woman, just endless correction rounds, endless changes, endless everything. And she paid a hundred dollars upwork to twenty because that's her fee. Then I just eighty dollars turned to euros. I thought, oh, I made sense by the hour. Pay taxes on that. Pay taxes on that. I tortured myself and I just like put it in, and it was sense for the hour. I think you need to have this type of experience the sooner the better because you'll know later on how you can deal with people. These experiences are hard but needed yeah. for freelancers. If you work only with great clients and here comes a difficult situation, you'll think your world is collapsing. Imagine people who are starting with 10, 20 bad experiences and they still go on. And that gives a lot of perspective. So I think it was last year. I had another client who was a very big logistics company in Hamburg who wanted to rebrand. The only problem is that there wasn't one main decision maker. They were five decision makers. So it was committee design. Everybody, of course, everybody has their own input. Everybody has their own feedback and so on. This time I had a very good contract. I focused on putting everything on the contract very clearly. At one of the additional correction rounds, I said, okay, we can do it, no problem, but I'm gonna charge you more for it. So I need to add a fee on top. And they were like, sure, no problem. How many revisions do you recommend people to have in place? I recommend them- Before charging extra. Before, I recommend to have three revisions. And I personally recommend the one concept method, which is in, especially in logo project, what I used to do was to do the brief, do some research, come up with aesthetics and mood boards and so on, and then give them three alternatives. What I learned is that every time I give them alternatives, they're gonna say, I like this from A, this from B, and this from C. So let's put them all together. It doesn't work because you end up with a Frankenstein-y logo. Nothing wrong with 
Frankenstein. I'm sure he's a great dude, but that's, that's not the logos that I want to make. So I prefer to do more research and present them one concept and then make changes on that concept. Also, what I tell my clients is I tell them constantly, you have three feedback rounds, you have two rounds left, you have one round left. We can talk about it. And if you want to do a call, we can do a 30 minute call in which you give me feedback because I also want to maximize those rounds. That makes them take pause and think like, okay, what do I want to say? What is everything that I want to change? And then what's everything that I want to get through? And if you keep the lines of communication open, in my experience, they don't need the three corrections round. They don't need the three rounds. They two are more than enough. But the third one is just in case. Thank you for joining me today. Find your free resources on jumpingpodcast.com slash resources. And if you love today's episode, share it with someone who might find it insightful. And don't forget to click the button follow to stay on track with all the upcoming episodes.